Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, July 13th. In this episode, Leo Messi finally gets his trophy for Argentina. It's been a long time coming. Italy, the cunts, are the Euro 2020 champions. But first, England collapse after taking an early lead. Have we seen this before, Mike? Oh, oh, have we? It's interesting. There, there's actually multiple examples. Uh, I have had a tough year as a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. I've seen that movie, I don't know, maybe 18 to 20 times in a 38-game season. So, yes, uh, that movie sucks and it's old. But the thing that you brought up earlier today is actually even more interesting. Mm-hmm. So where... Where have we actually seen this movie before? In the semifinals of the 2018 World Cup. But it was it was worse that time because England got completely dominated. Like it wasn't, you never felt, like England had a plan in this game. In the other game, they were just like, we don't know what to do. What did I do when I was 10 years old? <laughs> so I think the difference there, obviously uh, an early goal in both games, Kieran Trippier, uh, very, very instrumental. The amazing in free kick, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they were the like heavy favorite against Croatia going in they uh, in that semifinal. Been, but I think I think no, no, I'm not. But like the point is like you're right. Like England, Croatia, you're gonna like the odds makers are going to say England. They go up one nil. You're like okay, this is cruise control here. Um, as opposed to this game against the Italians, that was basically a pick'em, right? Yeah. So, um, you know that one could have gone either way. Um, if you listen to our preview show, we talked a lot about how there was likely to be some joy to be had for England down the right side because Spinozola had been, uh, had hurt himself. I didn't know it was an Achilles injury, by the way. That's really bad. That's terrible. It's one of those off the ball injuries. You really hope that he comes back. He was one of the players of the tournament for me. Yeah, he was for sure. Yeah. That's, that's almost, I I mean, you like, you like to hope that players can come back earlier these days, but yeah, that's probably a full year on the sidelines. And we, you know, we talked about in the 2016 Euros, how Renato Sanchez sort of made a career out of that three weeks. Spinazzola was one of those guys for me. If you look back at this And the funny thing about him is he's he's a little older. He's been in lower leagues. He's not right. some young guy. This was his this, this was, was his, his shot. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking. But but so what we did say tactically was that there would be likely some joy to be had. Like you know, so it's exactly what happens. Um, I believe Shaw starts the play, uh, gets the ball deep into his own half. Who but Harry Kane catches gets the ball in space right at the at the midway point at the at the center does circle his, does his pass off to does his brilliant pass off puts Trippier in on the right where nobody's pretty much home Emerson Emerson was so bad in the first half I can't believe it was only one nothing um, but the the Trippier ball in was into a dangerous area Shaw comes all the way back trailing yeah, because the play. as as Kane was coming back into the box he. He drew, he drew everybody Emerson towards him. Yeah. Right. And so but the finish was fucking incredible finish. So, <laughs> so good. this is, we'll talk more about this later in the show. And in another example in the Argentina Brazil game, but there are so many things about football and, and about professional sports in general that go so completely unnoticed uh, and not talked about 
uh, because it's just everybody can do it at that level. Yeah. My example where it's like it, nothing at functionally happens, but I just marvel at it every time is like a cross field ball from defender to defender, the best. 50 yards right on the guy's foot. And he just yeah. collects, collects it and brings it down. No problem. Well, so I mean, this- I think the thing with Shaw is he's got an incredible first touch. And in this case, he used it to take a volley uh, on the half volley. It was a really and- good the thing too, and I I was watching the game with a friend of mine who's actually from Italy, fan of the show, Teo Fristaki, good man. Uh, he was saying that it was so interesting, the strategy behind the volley, because nine times out of 10, you see a player try to hit a volley and they sky it and it goes yeah. into row Z. He intentionally smashed it into the ground mm. uh, and he got like a short hop. And it just was one of those was just a seed goes off the post aesthetically. One of the nicer goals you'll see one of the nicer goals of the tournament for sure. Um, And bang, Wembley goes absolutely insane. I was at ape shit. Like, and that became essentially the first half became a, a carnival of English football. Yeah. And they were sitting behind the ball. They played really well without the ball. As I was watching the game, all I could think about was how good, Phillips and and um, and Rice were they were fighting they were tackling uh, uh, Insignia had a couple sh- had a shot at eight minutes and then again at 28 then Chiesa was scary anytime he got on a ball yeah it was scary but that shot by Luke Shaw in the second minute was the only shot they had until the 56th so that just gives you a sense of the half uh, I think England England let Italy grow into the game, but it was under control. Like I would say that Italy were poor. They were not really giving England a hard time, but I started about halfway through the first half or maybe at 30 minutes, 35 minutes. I was like, can England do this? Is this what they want to do? They the want to do this yeah. the whole game. And, well, and they, the and, weird and, thing and, is, and Kane was coming deep and getting the ball and drawing fouls, but and I don't think he did that the rest of the game. So he kind of wore down. And then as we kept going through the game and when I'm ready, I'm ready to go into the half. Nothing happened. <laughs> ready yeah. to go into the first, you know, 10 minutes of the first half. It's still slow. It's still sort of meandering. But then it starts to move along. 54th minute, 55th minute. Cristante and Berardi come on. That changes things for Italy. And they really start to put the screws on England and England starts dropping deep to the point that Sterling and, and Kane are within 10 feet of the back, 10 yards. They're, of the they're their line. defenders. Right? right. And so let's stop there for a second, because um, I did think that there were chances and opportunities again, going down the right side, abusing Emerson that England could have gotten a second. Uh, they in the got first. better at it though. Italy changed their shape. They, yeah, they, they, they made more width so that, uh, they, they weren't alone. And then Chiellini kind of moved out. They did this weird formation where like Chiellini ended up being behind Emerson, almost out of pos- in possession, playing as a back. And they yeah, well, it was basically this, babysitting this, him. Right. But they did this kind of like, what's the word? Like, you know, asymmetrical stance, yeah. which, and, and then Chiellini and, and, uh, and Bonici were just, they're they were massive. so good, they're but, massive. but they didn't, fucking challenge them which was no. the worst part about it so the for me and you mentioned berardi coming on it's a two to the it's addition by subtraction as well when you take off zero immobile who for me the entire tournament was terrible he just doesn't he just doesn't do what you need him to do which is yeah. 
they needed him to be more involved dropping in and giving them numbers in the midfield. But, you know, Italy saw the problems. Mancini identified the issue, got the help for Emerson, stopped the problem with the width where Kane would drop deep. What was happening in the first sort of 10 minutes of the game, Kane would drop deep and then he could put it off wide and then go straight. What happened was he would drop deep and there was nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he would just get tackled or beat up. And then sort of Italy was like, okay, we got this. We're good. They started popping the ball, especially around in the second half. And then it started getting very nervy. (laughs) So they get the corner and it's one of those pinballs. Um, It's a shit goal. To be fair, like Italy draw this game. They were dominant, but they didn't, England didn't give up shit. Really? No, and it's it's a like you said, it's a shit goal off of a set piece. The thing that the image I will have, and again, as a Tottenham fan, I've seen it all too many times. The man on the back post, the last defender for England on the goal, who was it? It was Harry Kane. Yeah, right. Yeah, but so, he was on the other side. Well, he but he was the only one that he even had like a, a limbs chance. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, stopping yeah. the ball, and so I just. I just sighed. And again, I'm watching this with a resident Italian in his beautiful condo on the beach. And I'm like, (sighs) I think the other side of the story is Italy's adjustments versus England's lack of adjustments, right? Like England didn't make any changes. The changes were, you know, the changes came late. Uh, We saw, we saw Sacco come on for Trippier after the goal. Okay. That's an offensive change. In fact, I don't think if it was, I don't think it was a good one. I thought Trippier was, I was the right player. Well. Uh, this is not H- Henderson on for Jordan. I thought that was fine. I thought England had for a Rice, little bit mean. more for Rice. Sorry. Uh, things got a little bit better. I thought Henderson was good, but Rice had fucking really put a shift in. Was yeah, really he was good. Gassed. I was surprised that they just like, here's England. They were playing with six. I can't even count six six seven defenders the whole game like you're at home like i know they haven't played this way the tournament and it's spotted a goal fine (laughs) what they got spotted a goal for christ's sake and they just defended and just didn't seem to have a reaction it was really after the goal there was a hope there'd be some mentality shift something would happen you do something and it goes into extra time you know they do have a shot, I think. There's a couple headers, that, but they never yeah, really yeah. threaten a goal, there's, there's really. One, there's one late second half uh, incident or, or moment that I want to call Shaw. out. No, it's when Chiesa gets hurt. Uh, Bernadeschi comes on for Chiesa. At that moment, I'm going, that's a tremendous loss for Italy. Yeah, England might be able to see this out. Not, but, they, even but, but again, to go back, they were seeing it out. Like, I don't want right. to kill them. Then they just started getting really negative. Like we said, really dropping deep. Like, like it was Man City versus Burnley. And Italy's good. They're not that good. No. And, and <laughs> this game from, I mean, frankly, halftime, but especially after the goal, especially after the goal, was crying out for Jack Grealish. And anyone. It could have been but, Sancho, Grealish, and Rashford together. Like, let's sure. go. But bringing on Henderson, I, I, and I thought he had a horrible performance. I understand Rice was gassed. No, he was fine. fine. I didn't think he was great, but, and, and I'm not going to slate Saka at all. No, uh, that's fine. No, but like, it's, it's just awfully confusing for me. Mason Mount was irrelevant again. He again. was the running though, but he was, the, he does all the crosses he was running. I think, yeah, he should have come off probably 
much earlier. Like he doesn't come off until the 99th minute. Yeah. Well until extra, extra time. time. But the piece that I'm thinking about is, and I know this is like sacrosanct and I'm going to, instead of playing favorites, Sterling and Kane had to come off. Like they both stopped doing anything. So they're especially so as a defending, I thought Kane started to look sluggish. They weren't getting the ball to him anyway. They needed, they needed energy, right? For, at that point, so at if, that point, what's I, Kane you know, doing? What's Sterling doing? So I, I actually, and this is going to sound typical Mike, but I don't agree on taking Kane off because he wasn't necessarily going to be the runner. He's the guy who can still produce a moment of magic. And more importantly, when this game goes to penalties, you saw how fragile this, this team's psyche was. He went first. He's your closer. I and understand that, but he, he played every minute of every game. No, I understand. Believe me, he does For a guy time. who played every minute of every game under Mourinho, who was gassed. He was gassed. It's okay. okay. But he, no, no, I'm not. I'm okay. But what I'm saying is he's, his game is not based on pace. Right. So where a guy like Sterling, who he is, that that's, that's his shtick, right? We talked about Mount. It's even more true for Sterling. That's a player who probably should come but you've, off. You, and then you go to Grealish, Rashford and Sancho right at the end. They could have done it. The funny thing was like, they could have all come on together. Yeah. Right then and there. Like and, if on, you're going to use them for minutes, penalties, you're going to use them for yeah. like, well, okay. But the idea there is Walker came off. Jordan Henderson came off. He completely, he was like, all right, look, yeah, but Henderson is the captain of fucking Liverpool. He should take a fucking penalty. Yeah. No, I, I'm not arguing that. <laughs> Come on, dude. And and so we go to penalties. Uh, it was bad. There's just so much. We could spend an entire season's <laughs> worth of episodes talking about Gareth penalties. Southgate's managed, management tactics in this game, but also his penalty selections. He decides to go again, to go with Harry Kane first, which... I, it, all right, let me put it this way. If if England is shooting first, I don't think Kane shoots first. If Because they want they want to say, all right, let's get up. The, effectively, as soon as Italy scores, they're on the defensive. And they go, no, no, we have to get one right here. Kane, mm-hmm. you're going. Fine. Smashes it, never a doubt, gets it. Harry Maguire going second, questionable. But he awesome. comes through. He was Phenomenal. awesome. He Phenomenal penalty. Big fucking hammer. And then Bellotti looked, I was like, he's missing. Like yeah. He did not look up for this penalty. So, and this was the interesting thing. At this point, England is through two rounds, two one up. Yeah. Right. Um, Benucci scores to put the pressure on Rashford. Rashford takes a good penalty and it just danks off the bar. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it, he ha- he moved the keeper. He did everything he was supposed to do and he just missed. Yeah. But again, the guys were fucking cold, which is insane. Yeah. yeah. Right. And they almost didn't get on. Like if the ball, if there hadn't been a corner, there would have been no subs. What if the refs had blown? It would yeah. have been Jordan and Walker taking penalties. No, it would have been it would have been Sterling, because right, because right, the, Sterling or Drew, right, 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 right. Because right, the right. fourth and fifth penalties, Bernadeschi scores, and now now England's back under pressure, and Jaden Sancho goes up. Not forget the fact that he's cold. Halsey, 21? 21, yeah. But he so, has taken penalties. No, I in, understand. In, in in Germany, and I and I don't have a gripe with that, but I do think. I think there's something to be said for Sterling being too tired, effectively, right? Well, he, like that. You don't want him taking penalties. You don't want him to. He, yeah, he just right? is not a good striker of a ball. Exactly. <laughs> Grealish, and he actually tweeted after the game saying, "I wanted to take when I volunteered." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and he basically un unintentionally threw Southgate under the bus a bit. Um, oh, but, but Southgate said, "I chose everyone." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. He. I. He. 
really questionable decisions. Jorginho then with a chance to win it. Now, this is my nightmare, right? I don't want Italy to win, but I sure as shit. We talked about him on the last pod. He had the game-winning penalty against Spain. Fucking and Jordan Pickford. Pickford with a massive, massive yeah, save. Yeah, he just on com- his- always makes me nervous. Yeah. But then we have this final guy. We have England Saka. need to score to continue on. Yeah, and to 19-year-old Bakayo Saka from Arsenal walks up and takes the ball. And everybody collectively goes, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 not like this. Yes. Um, it was so like, oh, England, please don't do this. Okay. Let me put it in this perspective. Hours later, I was I was sitting at home. I was having one more beverage and just kind of going through my thoughts from the game. And I sat there and my heart was broken for 19-year-old Bukayo Saka, who is an Arsenal player. Yeah. I'm sitting here. I you should hate him. I die. You don't even have time to hate him yet. I my I just wanted to give him a hug. And you I a was devastated. I was devastated for this poor kid that would that he was put in that spot at all. But yeah, I have, and, I have, I have, by have the thoughts. way, one other thing and I'll, uh, one other thing I want to bring up and then it's all you. Yeah. The player of the tournament for me was Donnarumma. He was phenomenal the whole way through. He made, I talked about him already a lot. I'm not giving he a made, fucking keeper. Goddamn. He made saves point. against Belgium. He made saves against Spain. Okay. He two out of three big saves here. He didn't have to do a whole lot otherwise in this game, but man, he's so, so good. And the thing about two like penalties, he's just enormous. Like he's Pickford gigantic. Is, Pickford's an Oompa Loompa compared to him. Yes. Right. Donnarumma so, is six, five and yeah, the wings, the, the, wig, the wingspan is some other terrifying. Country. Yeah. He's a giant dude. Yeah. So, so I just, I was totally blown away by him. Um, but yeah, what was, what was the point you were going to make? My thing is Gareth Southgate. Basically he's an accountant. I think you, we all have to go back and sort of know the history, right? Gareth Southgate is uh, a, a lunch pail player has a few caps for England, most known for playing defense at Middlesbrough with Robbie Musto. Mm-hmm. Uh, that team uh, uh, plays in the Euros in 96 with, we talked about it before with Aston Villa. He takes a penalty and miss. He admittedly has said, this has affected me my whole life. I apologize to my teammates whenever I see them that I so, missed that. And penalty. to put it in American, we, we're good at this. We put it in American terms, right? Yeah. Is that Buckner? It's, I don't know if it's Buckner because you, it doesn't happen all the time, right? Like it's more like yakking a free throw, you know, right. You, you go to the line down one and you miss them both. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 uh, it's that right. Or it's Norwood wide left. Right. It's, it's that level of just like, that's this the, is something that's you do all the time. It's normal and it crushes you. Right. Yeah. So, and then England, I shared this earlier have set the record of all the big European teams for most loss in penalties. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a team that has history of losing. Uh, they, they hurdle Germany and, and, and Southgate goes to David Seaman, who is the goalkeeper in 96 and literally says, I'm, I'm so glad I was able to give this to my teammates after letting them down. It's 20, it's 30 years later. And he's still yeah. talking about letting them down. But as you can see them when they're planning to do the penalties, the England team is all together. They're all chatting. And Southgate is in this. He's got notes. He's got everything. Everything is down to analytics and information. It's based on what they practiced in penalties. It's clear that they have a plan to handle penalties. It's very bureaucratic. It's very 
English social service. He might as well have been fucking counting uh, crates of tea that were going to get shipped from fucking Bombay to London in 1871 <laughs> and not worried about, you know, the fact that they were colonizing and stealing all those people's food. It was all of those things. It was Montgomery being scared in Market Garden, not going one bridge too far because he didn't have enough troops in the Battle of the Bulge. And it's just all these things. It was like, this is so English. He's not taking emotion and moment into this. He put players on to take penalties without thinking of the emotional like, hey, what is it going to feel like to be that player? Rashford said it in his post. I didn't do anything and participate in this tournament. All I needed to do was kick this penalty and I missed. That It was even extra pressure to put them on to do it because they had done nothing. They hadn't played. It was the only moment they could contribute to their teammates winning a a championship. And he uses that instead of going, hey, who feels fucking awesome right now? Let's go get this. Jack Grealish is going to go, I feel fucking awesome right now. I just got a blowjob before the game. Right. Like he's that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't even know who the girl was, but I'm cool. She had her hair was frosted more than mine. Right. Like, <laughs> right. He's ready. Raheem Sterling's like, you know, he's a confidence player. He's been playing this whole tournament outside of his house talking about I'm from Wembley. I'm so happy to play here. It showed Raheem Sterling would have fucking taken a penalty. Just if for no other reason, he's at home. He feels good. He's had well, a good tournament. Take it. Let's but be fair. If he, but if he misses, he misses. But give it to the guys who are in the moment. Invested. Feeling confident. Well, hold on. Like because Grealish is getting like if Grealish went up, the stadium would have went fucking wild. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. However, and needs to be said, we sat on this show last week and we talked about the difference in the Spain-Italy semifinal when the Spanish team, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the managers. Uh, Luis based, Enrique. In, uh, thank you, Enrique. Let the players choose. And but it's the different. Team he let the players plan. choose, right? Right, but it's different. It's a moment thing. Like Southgate can make the choice, right? But right. it seemed it was pre-made, right? The right, subs right, right. came on at 120 minutes like he knew exactly what he wanted to do. Like they were brought on offensive players known for striking the ball with really high technical skill to replace two lunch pail lunch pail players in Walker and Henderson, not known so I, for being like first touch, you know, the stuff weird like thing that. Is, the weird thing is that you could have done, you could have had them on as the, I don't know, sixth and seventh penalty takers, right? You still should have had Grealish. You should have had Sterling taking kicks. And then what happens? You go, let's say you're still tied. Then you get Rashford. Then you get Sancho. Then you get Saka. Or the, but the, I think the other piece that we're really, that I really want to sort of examine, because I think we've been, we've been having a big argument about this with the Yankees is the psychological effect, right? Yeah. You know, we live in an age of soccer analytics. We talk about expected goals. We talk about uh, shots on target, shots created through balls. We're in on it, right? And it tells us what happened in a game. And as you accumulate those things, it starts to make a difference. And we've been talking about it with the fact that we should fire fucking Aaron Boone because he's a piece of shit, because he is. Um, thank you for the three-runner homer against uh, Wakefield. I'll always appreciate we'll it. We'll always remember you for that, but you got to go. And then 
I don't appreciate that you fucking broke your leg playing basketball, which led us to A-Rod, which led us to a lot of problems. And probably <laughs> 2004, because that galvanized the Red Sox, because then they got Manny. It's all his fucking fault. No, anyway, was they already got Manny. They, have a, they got someone else and said, Poppy, maybe. Anyway, Poppy was a throw-in. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm making things up as I go. Uh, revisionist history is the best version of history. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, psychologically, the idea of putting into your team's head that they're not good, that, or not that they're not good enough. They were good enough for a half, but that they're not good enough to go play them. Like the negative attitude of sitting back, not even keeping a man out. Like Kane should never have been that deep ever, right? Uh, uh, Sterling, fine, he can run like the wind, but Kane should have always been up top just to fucking scare Bonucci and Chiellini. Or, or Raheem should have always well, been up on. top. Always. Because you could just sometimes just hoof it. Make them run. They well, never I, made them run. Ever. I'm agreeing with you on, yeah. on Sterling. But Kane's dropping back and his ability is what had made it so valuable in this in the, the knockout. guy was tracking back on fucking the fourth midfield pass when they were up just right. above the no, 18 yeah. yard. I mean, yep. that's ridiculous. What is yeah. he doing there? Yeah. Right. And then England wasn't even coming out. That has to come from the fucking manager. It has to stop. Like Mancini for all his fucking amazing suit. He was not going to let Italy. He has literally taken the team. That is the most defensive shithouse team in the history of world football. A hundred years of cunt fuck knuckle Italian football to the point that it was so bad that they missed out in the world cup. He took that team, avoided the Juve big time players, searched Italy and said, we are going to play this way because that's what the good players in this country can do right now. Syria A has a history of this way, but what, what Sarri did at Napoli with Insignia, what, what uh, Atalanta with Sampaioli, those players are doing things. Those Juve players, the young players, and he crafted an attacking Italian team with the soul of the Catanaccio between Bonucci and Chiellini, right? Somehow he was able to get the balance right. And then, Instead of having a holding mid, have Jorginho, a guy who pops the ball around. How does England not kick the shit out of Jorginho? Like, I've seen City do it. You sit on him. You never let him get the ball. And mm -hmm. if you get the ball, you run at him because you run past him. He's he can't move laterally. He's, He's not a worse than player at all. He's worse than Shaka. It's, yep. it's criminal that England had an opportunity to win this trophy at home. They played like Burnley. And I hate Burnley. Oh, don't we hate Burnley? But they don't actually, even they didn't even they didn't even hoof it to Chris Wood who who so, in the role of Harry Kane. A word was, on Burnley. Sad. A word on Burnley because my team had been, as I mentioned, been playing like Burnley for the majority of the last 18 months. And uh I was burnt. I was tapped the fuck out on club football on the Premier League on Tottenham. This tournament in general so was good. such a palate cleanser. It was beautiful. Obviously, the horror of Christian Erickson early on. Um Thankfully, it, he's all right. But it, that created, it did it did make an intensity to it. Absolutely. It, it's weird because for a moment, for a day, it actually it was awful. It ruined everything, right? Like, no, I shouldn't say it like that, but I think you get what I'm saying. Um, but then after that, it created the greatest story in the tournament, which was the Denmark team and the Denmark fans, right? So um, you had the England, it's coming home thing. You had England, Germany. Uh, you had the Swiss making a run. You know, those two, those two, um, the three, one comebacks, comebacks on the, the same base. 
that something that's never happened ever it happens twice in four hours. Um, it was the so highest had, scoring Euros ever. Yeah, you've got you've got Portugal flying high and then scoring on themselves twice in three minutes. Uh, <laughs> you know, there was just so many things. If you go through not just the bracket but the group stage, there was just so much special, uh, just talent and 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 just great football on display that honestly i'm back i'm so excited for the premier league i am happy that there is a couple of weeks between 32 days 32 days <laughs> now and there but we've been at it since, amount of time. since since fucking july yeah, <laughs> last <yeah>. july yeah <laughs> it's been non-stop uh, since last july but just it's been it's been a road <laughs> It's been around every week. I'm going to kill Mourinho. I'm going to kill Mourinho. I'm going to kill Mourinho. I, I have. And been, now you got Nuno who used to play for Mourinho. It's gonna I'm be okay great. with, I'm okay with it. We're going to get more than enough into that uh, in the we next few time. weeks. We We've got 32 days. Um, but I actually do want to put a bow on the uh, squeaky bum time Euro 2020 um, bracket challenge. We had so much fun running this. Uh, we had a good amount of folks participating and joining i know you guys are listening now uh you saw the the group post uh in the facebook group earlier today we have winners we pete russo a good friend of mine uh picked italy to win the whole thing he is your champion uh our pal from chop sports dave sturchio the sturch man uh he didn't know his ass from his elbow about the beautiful game and yet he also took Italy and he rode them all the way to second place. Uh, so he actually something really cool. We initially said that, you know, we were going to be, um, you know, uh, not eligible for prizes, but we, he, what he ended up doing was he gave it uh, the hundred dollars that he won to world soccer shop. He gave it to one of the other fr- uh, folks who's going to buy a Jersey for her son, which is super cool. Um, so Jess, Jess Florex, who's uh, one of the big chatters in the group as well. So we're happy for Jess. I think she has a show, right? She's, she goes on their pod. Sometimes I believe, yeah, Not, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then our buddy, our 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 quiet producer, we might argue, Chari. our secret producer. He's the third man in our chat group that we talk about football with. Yeah, well, he came in third. <laughs> he gets a fifty dollar piece to World Soccer Shop, uh, and we're excited for all the winners. Congratulations to you guys! Thanks for everybody for getting involved, and more importantly, thank you so much to World Soccer Shop, uh, Eric from the marketing department over there. Fantastic folks. Uh, we're excited to keep doing stuff with you guys because this was a dress rehearsal, man. Like I mentioned uh, on a show I don't even know anymore a week or so ago, the World <laughs> Cup's going to get big. It's going to get weird, and we're excited to have you guys along for the ride. And uh, human and hu- human rights abuses aside, we won't abuse uh, our friends at World Soccer uh, Shop. <laughs> what a plug, huh? Uh, and one other, um, Glenn at runyourpool.com was really, really wonderful uh, in helping us set up the pool, get yeah. our, our, our stuff together. Keep them frankly, going for sure. I didn't really know how the hell to kind of manage all of this. So we found that site, got in touch with him. What a sweetheart. Um, so those, you know, we're making friends. We're making progress. So, well, you uh, make we, friends. I, I I don't make friends. <laughs> we, it's all we, it's all the collective. Okay. But <laughs> speaking of making friends, uh, we want to do a little bit of uh, paying bills and do a little live read on the show. Uh, speaking of saving money and making friends, our friend Joe at attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com has an extremely unique way to save you plenty of cash on your monthly bills. If you listen to the show, you know that we both have money problems for one reason or another. And Joe has been the guy that we go to. He's the ace in the hole. So uh, please do us a favor. Visit www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com for more information. We like to snack over here at the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. And man, we just received our shipment. We keep getting shipments every week of our <laughs> seasoning that the Sunflower Meadow seasonings have sent us. 
They even have a brand new cheddar beer dip exclusively made for the Chop Sports Network, and it is delicious. You can go on their website and see the Chop Sports logo. It's right there on the front of the site. Uh, you have to try it. Mention Chop Sports when you talk to Jess and save some money. Visit Sunflower Meadow Seasoning for their entire lineup of products. It's a good time. Uh, I have a backlog of different things to taste, and I will continue to taste them slowly but surely until I turn orange. <laughs> so we had one final uh, that we've already covered at length. We had the Copa America final, which we didn't really cover all that much on yeah, the show. It, it's a um, so so just to put into context, right? The Copa, the Copa America, is the Euros of South America. It yep. is a big deal. It is not an insignificant tournament. The thing that's funny about Comnibol is that somehow in the draw of which countries are in your region, um, they only have 12. <laughs> so all of South America, 12 teams. And because of that, the teams play each other a lot. There is a lot of history. There hasn't been a new country created in South America for a very, very long time. I think uh, Simon Bolivar, the the, the liberator uh, was the last one to make a new country. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise it's Brazil, Argentina, Chile, uh, Uruguay, Paraguay, Ecuador, um, uh, Colombia, Venezuela. Like that, we know them because that's all there is. Right? Like there's that little group of Guiana. I don't know what they're up to. But anyway, they play each other. They play each other like eight times each to, to reduce the, the pool from two. They play like 10 games to, to lose two players. And then they go into the final. So these teams have a lot of history. And one player in particular had a lot of history. And that's the greatest player of all time. I don't care what anyone says. Leo Messi. He had yet to win a major tournament with Argentina. In fact, he had lost five finals. <laughs> yeah. Right? Twice to Chile in 14 and 15. And then in and then in the World Cup in the final as well, in the Mario. One could say they're the South American England. <laughs> no, no, they're not. They're much better than England. <laughs> they're much well, better, no. They're, I don't know. They're tougher than England. They are they're, tougher than England, for sure. Yeah. So uh, in this team um, is a lot of known stars, but this is not a great version of Argentina. And their coach never has had a job. He had some small jobs. He had been a bench coach with um, another Scaloni. And he just said, you know what? We're playing fucking defensive. We have Leo Messi. We have Angel Del Maria. And we're just going to fucking shithouse our way to the final. And that's basically what they did. Uh, Messi was the player of the tournament, led the tournament in goals, led the tournament in assists. And Otimendi and our boy, Emmy Martinez, oh, love him. basically fucking kicked their way to the final. Um, I watched, I was at a San Diego Loyal game. It was an exhibition game here between San Diego and the Cholos of Tijuana, which is a big deal, right? That Tijuana is the big team sure, yeah. here in San Diego. So I went to the first half. I was like, okay, this is cool. Halftime comes in, all the teams swap out 11 players. I'm like, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> and I <laughs> sat in my car and watched the final 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the Copa. Um, first of all, it was all desperation. There was, it was all heart. There was no shape. Uh, anytime someone got the ball and they were in space, they were kicked or threw themselves on the ground. Neymar stopped his, did his normal thing when it's on him. He stops passing to his teammates. Mm -hmm. So 
he would dribble, dribble, dribble. Someone would kick him. He'd roll around. Uh, there was one massive chance for a guy called Gabby Goal, which is the fucking coolest name you can have. That's a great uh, soccer name. Uh, and Emmy Martinez, of course, saved it. It was on the volley. But basically, Argentina was just hoofing it and running. Uh, the stadium was not really full. They have bad No, COVID. it was like 10%. Yeah, it's bad COVID in South America. Bolasnero is like a version of Trump. Support him or not, he's a pain in the ass. Uh, and then Argentina was supposed to have it, but they had an outbreak and had to move it. Uh, Brazil raises its hand without with like throwing their version of Anthony Fauci literally in the Amazon River to be eaten by piranhas. Uh, and they like, had- hey, we have all these uh, professional bird shitting collections and stadiums <laughs> in the in the Amazon desert. So uh, maybe we can just play it there. But they didn't. They played it at literally the most famous stadium in the world, the Maricana, which yep. is cavernous. It's one hundred ten thousand people. Um, famous built for the 1950 World Cup uh, that Uruguay won, which is why I'm going to tell you something crazy. Brazil did not have a black goalkeeper since 1950 because of that game. Because they were like, <laughs> we'll never having a black goalkeeper again. He blew it. <laughs> that kind of country. <laughs> That's where that we're at. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. But so I mean- we're talking about like real deep rooted history. And so when Messi, when the final whistle goes, the game is completely forgettable. It's only. Well, hold on. Because when you hear, you know, Messi and Neymar in the final, both of them completely upstage. For me, at least, the runaway man of the match is Angel Di Maria. Oh, you sorry, mentioned the goal. Him right, right, of course. And so um, Rodrigo puts in a ball to, to uh, Di Maria down the right wing. And this is, again, this is one of those things. This is not an insignificant play, like I mentioned it's earlier. This is class. world class. He catches it. Imagine standing in the front yard, having somebody 10 yards away from you and they kick a soccer ball to you. And if you are able to just catch it and stop it, congratulations. That's basically the bare minimum, right? Now imagine it's coming at you in the air and you're at full speed and you catch it with your heel. No, it's a okay? post It's a post route that someone kicked. Yeah, and no, you right, bring exactly. it down. <laughs> One touch with yeah. your, but no, no, but with your heel, not with your toes, yeah. with your heel. And then his second touch is a rainbow drop yeah. over, over the keeper's head. Running Ederson at full speed. Running at full speed. Ederson doesn't have a prayer. Yeah. Uh, it goes, like I said, it rainbows over him and into the net. It's, if you haven't seen it and you really need to, to catch the highlights on this, it's phenomenal. And Argentina go up one nil. And like you said, it was now it's, there's no tactics. There's no anything. It it's reminded more. me of a South American version of like the battle of the bridge between Ch- Tottenham and Chelsea, where it was just, everybody's kicking everybody. There so was this no is, tactics. So I want to sort of step back a little bit. There is a, there are famous games throughout history, some in the World Cup that actually got rules changed. So there's a famous one in like 1938 where Argentina, like they literally beat up the ref. It's like why they have cards because no one knew what the <laughs> hell was being called. Like at early soccer, there's no cards. Right. The, guy, the ref is just doing things and all of a sudden the guy leaves the pitch and you have no idea why. Mm-hmm. So, so they had to change that because people rioted. But there are these games that are literally like the battle of this, the battle of the Maricana, the this, the that. They take on mythic status and it's when games degrade just essentially into violence of guys getting kicked guys rolling around um and this game took on that because argentina was just like we're on the road in fucking brazil and we're gonna win this for our guy and we don't have the talent to match them we're gonna just shithouse our way to this final and they did it and you know 
Uh, respect to, to El General, Nico Otamendi, former city, getting it done. Um, I never got to root for him. I was comfortably rooting against Brazil and for Messi simultaneously. Um, but so I've never gotten to watch the Nicolas Otamendi experience from the rooting interest side. Oh, he's a son of a bitch. He's crazy. <laughs> he's so there were a few players on this side on, on this field on both sides mm-hmm. that looked like they had a knife in their sock, but he <laughs> had the sharpest one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he should have an, a bandana and a, and have a peg. Like he literally is a pirate. Like yeah. he looks the part and his only great season at city was when he didn't go to the ground. All the other times he was that aggressive defender who just threw himself at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, now thankfully we have John stones to not do that, but, uh, the John stones Otamendi experience, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two guys who just wanted someone else to be next to them and be like, don't do that. Right. And they're both <laughs> looking at each other, clearly not able to speak to each other. So that was always a mess, but when company was with either of them, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to see. And when the final whistle went. The entirety of Argentina literally rent to Messi. He disappears in a pack, like almost, almost like a, a caterpillar in a cocoon. He has a moment where he's in this cocoon of his teammates, and then he pops out of the top, a full butterfly, and they're lifting him up in the air yeah. and singing songs. The whole place goes nuts. Neymar is crying as usual. There's guys, you want to talk fucking bloody sock? It, th- this is beyond bloody sock. This is yeah. worse than bloody sock. The guy's whole calf is drenched in blood. The players are sweating because they're in fucking the Amazon jungle of of Buenos Aires, of Rio de Janeiro. It's an incredible sort of moment that really from a game perspective isn't great, but from a narrative perspective of Rang's culture, we get to sort of, Messi gets to remove that fucking weight of bullshit. Yeah. The same way really Ronaldo did with his 24, 20- 16 2016 euros with his 2016 euros where he doesn't play and he's coaching the team and they let that fly for some reason which i don't understand (laughs) i remember watching the highlights of it because it was it was the anniversary of it five years ago and uh like twice you could see the fourth officials like hey man you can't do that and he straight looks at him and he's he's limping he can't even run if he wanted to he looks at him and goes, I'll fucking murder your family. You tell me to go sit down again. And he's like, the ref goes, right, got it. Okay, you do what you want, pal. It's fine. I'm like, you're not, I'm you're, I'm nobody. I'm going to go kill myself right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so Messi no, has I, that moment. And it's, think, it's, it's such a human moment. It's one of these things where, you know, as much as, I mean, Messi is, I don't think people really realize this. He's so big. Like he and Ronaldo probably can't go anywhere without being recognized, without being normal people, without, they're just, they don't have air that they can breathe as normal people. And in that moment, when Messi can win and he's with his teammates and he's doing the handshake kind of goal with his teammates and he's singing the songs and jumping up and down, he looks like the kid who loves football because there's no way you could get to the level that he is without two really important things. You're fucking competitive. You never want to lose. I don't want to hear, oh, he doesn't care. He absolutely fucking cares, right? Yeah. The other thing is you've got to love it, right? It's like you can't be super competitive and be like, I don't really want to do this. You, He loves football and he wants to win more well, than anything the, in the whole world, right? He's got the negative motivation thing on his side. I, what There's an old Nike commercial featuring him and it's always the, oh, you're too small. Oh, you're not fast enough. Oh, you'll never make it, this and that. So, and he just becomes, from the time he was what, 12? He signed with Argentina? Lower, oh, oh uh, uh, 
I'm sorry, not with, went, with, with moved Bob. as a child at 10 years old okay. to Barcelona because they were going to pay for his growth hormone. Right. That's literally the reason he was, yeah. he had problems. That's why he looks kind of weird. His nose, he looks kind of looks like a troll a little bit. Big well, hands. yeah, it's the, it's the weird, um, the weird brother from Wedding Crashers. Like yeah. the painting where it was a gift, Todd. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but and he had a bad game, by the way. He was not. No, good. Well, that's the thing is that so Di Maria has the goal. And then one of the nicer passes you'll ever see puts him on the doorstep. This is in the 80 plus minute. Uh, it, he scores this. It's over. Leo Messi from six yards out sort of <laughs> just fell over <laughs> and, <laughs> and like fumbled. see what had happened was. And he just yeah. fumbles it basically to Ederson. And at that point. I literally let out an audible Leo. No, because <laughs> yeah, it was like, Oh God, the, this is going to go so badly. If they yeah, don't win, here this. comes the Brazil equalizer. And I, I think right after that, that might've been the, um, right after that might've been the Gabby goal shot, which was, yeah, crazy. it was, I, I didn't, I, again, I had a mild rooting interest in this game, but I, I just, mean, this game was I like, felt that they weren't even passing. I mean, like, no, it wasn't good. The thing. So it wasn't good football, but it was good television. Yes. <laughs> right. So, so I'm like, counting here. There were, nine yellow cards yeah <laughs> how Sometimes. they how people didn't get sent off is crazy so you've got like there's a period of 68 minute 70th minute 72nd minute that's three red that's three yellows in a row then there are a bunch of changes more changes and then three red three yellow cards in a row again right so this game is just a fight it's a rock fight hey uh but by the way great. speaking of tottenham Gio Celso gets the silverware somebody <laughs> something it counts i'm taking it He's yeah, I mean, he. Fine. I think for Lacelso, he just needs a run, right? He just needs to play. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh my but, god! But those were so the that, two finals. That was that. It's it's over. Well, I mean, and the Gold Cup has just gotten underway. Don't care. Tell me, yeah, tell me how much you give a shit, right? It's uh, zero, zero. So, give a so shit. on the scale of the Copa America is the Euros for South America. The Gold Cup is technically the Euros for North Conquer America. Cash. Yeah. With that, Concacaf. With that said, there's a it's a two horse race every time, and if there's not, it's because something's going horribly wrong, not because somebody's good. Well, the American team is not playing their guys, and because... that's the other thing because now we're so close to the beginning of the new season, and the preseason's already gotten underway. So none of these teams have their A list. Um, it actually makes you wonder why they didn't do this six weeks ago. Is it because of the MLS schedule? I have no idea. I'm right? not. Like, I'm not even playing attention to the Gold Cup. It is a non-important. No, thing. I totally agree. Yeah. But why wouldn't it be running concurrent with the Euros and have, and the Copa? I have no idea. It's I very strange no idea. to me. Here's but so like, here's Qatar here's, here's is in it. Who's that? Qatar is Qatar is in the fucking. Oh, Gold good. Cup. Yeah, they need to get ready because that makes um, sense. I think the thing that I think about, I keep. I was talking about this to a guy while I was watching the game yesterday, and I always think Yankees Red Sox. American League versus National League, uh, competition and fight makes your league better. One of the things that's happened over the summer, there was a big argument between Pep Guardiola and the president of La Liga, who Pep was like, you had Messi, Ronaldo, the greatest rival of all time. You had a three-time winning Spanish team in La Liga, and you still can't make money like the Premier League? Whose hmm. fault is that? Yeah. Right. So the argument like that, that the Premier League has English on its side, but it's the competition that pushes the teams like Liverpool kept pushing City pushing against against United. Um, and that constant pushing of trying to get to the next rung in the Premier League 
of these six big teams that were going to break away that why would they break away? They haven't, they don't need to break away. They have the premier league. These six teams just constantly in a death struggle for revenue, glory, whatever, always pushing each other to get better. And if you falter, you falter, you, you the Everton's there, they're ready to mm-hmm. take your spot. Uh, and then, you know, the, where I'm going is like Mexico in the U S and CONCACAF does not help us. I don't think I'm sure Mexico if they had their druthers and you asked them, they'd be like, yeah, we'd like to be in Cognibal. Because those 12 teams in South America are so good. It because makes you they have to fight each other mm-hmm. constantly. Chile will win that thing. Uruguay will win that thing. It's not just Brazil and Argentina. Sure. Uruguay, a country that is tiny, has two World Cup championships and plenty of Copa Americas. Like They push because they have to fight every step of every claw all the way. And when you play in the World Cup, a team like Ecuador from South America, you're like, this team's going to beat me. Mm-hmm. You they're always are, a, they're all battle tested, right? Even the worst team, Venezuela, not a great team, right? They're still tough. They've, Salman they've Rondon own, will fuck you up. They've got their own problems, okay? Right, well, now they do, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fine. But previously. Right. So I just wonder, I just wish like, the U.S. and Mexico could just join the South America. The thing is, if we did you that, want them the US, to break away. You want them to create a super league? I do. No, not 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 to break away for money, to break away to get better. Yeah, I get that. Right? Well, like you're basically outsourced all of your players. We covered this a while ago. You know, all of them are more or less being outsourced into Germany and and the you know the the rest of the European leagues. So you're have sort to. of doing that organically. Have to, right? yeah, have to. And then the ironic thing is the MLS is plundering South America for better players to try and raise its quality. Yep. Because those South American players, they have been strip mined to the point that players don't even get good in Argentina anymore and go to Europe. They're plucked at 16. They don't even get there. Yep. Right. They don't even get to play in the Argentina league and they have lots of corruption. There's lots of other issues, but at the national level, those teams play with, verve and fight that is not seen anywhere i mean maybe u.s mexico sometimes but coming from a hostile crowd in the u.s yeah (laughs) i think there's you could probably count on one hand the amount of times the u.s has been a true home team uh playing against mexico or anybody for that matter and they've all been in columbus ohio right you play the rose bowl in front of 75,000 people, you've got 10,000 Americans in the stadium, including the team in the service. I mean, staff. it's, it's always, uh, <laughs> it, the thing is, this is one of these things that's true of all, nearly all American representative sports. We, it's just not the thing we get jazzed for. And I'm curious as to what it is. I mean, you're a much more patriotic American than I am. I just don't get it. I like, we don't care about this shit. Is it because we're such a big country? Is that's, it because say, of the sef- civil war? Is it because like we we're, we don't literally no. live on top of each other? There's a lot of distance. Like I'm open to anything about why the United States literally doesn't care about representative sports as a thing. Um, because we're supposed to be that much better than everybody. If you look at basketball, if you look at realistically, that's probably the only one where we're that much head and shoulders above. We just um, lost to Nigeria. No, and I know. Australia. I, no, I know. I know. <laughs> but it's now it's become days. to the level where we won so much where we're like, Oh, we kind of know. Okay. The, 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 the dream team broke it because now they're like, well, we're never going to be that. We don't really care. We don't care enough. Um, 
and everything's so commercialized. LeBron's making Space Jam too. He's not playing for the U.S. Right? He put his time so, in though. He's it's like, it, but it's like soccer. It's like he's retired from the national team. That happens. Guy's thirty six sure. years old. Year twenty. That's fine. No, no, that's yeah. Uh, but the the list of players is that LeBron, could be on the team. KD's KD's playing. That's enough. Is he? That that should be enough. That should honestly, be enough. that should. Be enough. <laughs> Um, but getting back to, to soccer, it's we've been sort of the plucky underdog, and there's just there's frankly not an awareness at, at the sport level. That's why MLS was more or less created, right? Um, in what the mid 90s, and you've got this groundswell that started in 94. MLS has never really been able to take it on. Even the women's game sees World Cup bumps, but then they just go back into the shadows um it's doing okay it's fine but it's not you know by the way their lead has shrunk to next to nothing on the rest of the they're world. gonna start losing too yeah and so now what right um the interest in soccer has has really in the last 10 years been down to nbc and down to uh you know it is familiar. it is big i think like anecdotally just our podcast, right? Like we're gonna, we'll go along. I got, I got no kids. I got no family. Let's just keep going. Woo! <laughs> this is the good stuff. Anecdotally, I think this Euros was big. Like it yeah. feels bigger. It feels like it got zeitgeisty. I think you know the Ericsson thing did put it on the map of a thing to talk about, but it felt on the ground like it was happening. Like it was in the news. Like every po- every regular sort of podcast that kept doing stuff and it's not like there wasn't other things to talk about we have lots of sports going on right now Mm -hmm. everything's sort of kicking off you know and i it's the nba finals and we're talking about the euros right like that's happening right lebitard had fucking roger bennett on um you know bill simmons just did the final like it's been in the zeitgeist a lot more and we're gonna fucking ride it on the chop sports network and they're gonna help us we're gonna be their group and i hope that you know it gets bigger it it's feels good not to be in the wilderness, right? Like you can walk around and people will ask me about my fucking city shirt all the time. And yeah. it's always, when did you become a fan? I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> right. 2011, right. it's fine. But I have a good story behind it. So I, yeah, I, never, I never lose that battle. And and I, I mean, I get that all the time as well. I mean, anytime I wear Spurs stuff, now it's like you see other Tottenham fans. You just run into them. Because yeah. you're wearing something or, or I see somebody wearing a Tottenham shirt or I actually a couple of weeks ago was driving down the street in my neighborhood and I saw a guy with an Arsenal shirt on and I rolled down the window and I yelled, come on, you Spurs. Fuck you, buddy. And I sped did off. You like really? I was, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I great. fucking sped off. Like I was 17. I do. Uh, I do hate to see those fucking red United shirts. I see them. That's what like, I mean. It makes you, you fuck. <laughs> it makes I, you just it, it brings out that visceral reaction that I really I only have for a few things in this world, right? Like it used to be what the the Red Sox stuff when I was a kid, or like I Islander still fu- shit I hate that I hated that fucking Sweet Caroline shit that the England. Where did they get that? I Why did that it happen? Too. Stop it! Stop! 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 I stop! I did not care for that myself. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, <laughs> by the way, speaking of songs, it's coming home is dead now. It has to be dead forever. At least no, it'll it'll cool. until until the next World Cup. It'll come no, home again. Because here's the thing. This made sense because it were literally hosting. was at home, <laughs> right? Like, I will not participate. I love the song. I was humming it. I can't all get day. over it. It's the best. It's great, <laughs> but it has to go. I play it's it. Not, I play it's it. Time to go, Robbie. It's I, time to go. Oh, respect. Um, he would have been a good take on this fuck up. Oh, with he, would, uh, he would have been sweet and kind, Paul. Uh, poor, poor Claude. Um, 
Yeah, I, I play. I play. It's coming home when Lisa's coming home, and I have Aveline. So she goes, she <laughs> says, "Mommy's coming home." She's nice. coming home. Uh, mommy's coming home. So that's my Daddington moment of the week. And then uh, I think some other house cleaning. When Ted Lasso comes back, we're covering the show. That's just oh, we're gonna, gonna that's we're just gonna, gonna, gonna be <laughs> on Ted. Lasso. I bought the sweater. Yes, I have not <laughs> bought any merch yet, but I've I've flirted with it. Um, <laughs> the desert dogs or the diamond dogs is it right uh-huh, uh, i have uh-huh. to rewatch it but um i'm excited for that um i'm trying to get some of the actors from the show on as guests um, keep trying why not I'm, what the yeah, hell uh i reached out to higgins today oh, so God. we'll see i actually heard back from a few of their managers <laughs> um, nice. i heard back from uh jamie tart's manager <laughs> hannah waddingham who's wonderful she plays uh the team owner she's so good in that role it and reminds hot. me of i don't care great. She's, she's old and hot. Well, yeah. old. She's my age. Well, yeah, but she's like she rocks it. I think the most interesting thing about her role is I said this to you earlier today that she plays the the evil owner from Major League, and the storyline writes her into uh, a protagonist. Effectively, Ted Lasso's character exudes and radiates so much goodness that he just makes everybody better. He creates protagonists out of four to five antagonists roy yeah. jamie the yeah. owner yeah um you know at, right off the top of my head right so yeah. uh it's so so interesting how he elevates nick muhammad who plays nate the great uh, oh legend the, <laughs> so you've now that you've seen it we haven't have, really talked yeah. about it the scene in on the road i forget which team they're playing where he does the team talk everton it was it was everton it was yeah. it was a goodison and he just roasts everybody so oh good. my goodness i fell out of my fucking chair <laughs> oh god it's funny so if you've made it this far into the show which we know you haven't uh it's okay and- no get involved who cares you haven't seen ted lasso go watch get it's not TV. a soccer show but it is a soccer show it's a it's a yeah it's a show loosely based around soccer it's like it your dream fantastic. show it's like americans are awesome yeah yeah it is it is <laughs> americans are like, awesome oh, and you idiot english people are fucking things up with your englishness well and even like him trying to accommodate or, or acclimate i should say to all of the englishness in a greater suburb of london right like uh it's just so enjoyable I, by the way i know where all that is it's richmond richmond is probably the nicest part of london it's sort of outside there's the queen's Queens Park it's, it's is there. West, it's West London, right? Southwest, yes. But it's okay. like it's where the National Rugby Stadium is. Twickenham, yeah, uh, is over there. There oh, is I drove a past that. I know exactly where that is now. Yes, yeah. that's that's Richmond. There's yeah. also a park there that this is so English. It's called the Queens Park. I, I you know Richmond Queens Park, whatever. There's protected stag that are in that park. They must have been there since you know the 17th century. Uh, <laughs> that no one ever kills or they must prune them somehow. But you go, you, you drive up your car and their deer come see you because they, they're protected. They're fine. They're like, oh, no one's going to do anything. So weird, <laughs> weird thing in England. You drive, there's fucking deer on your car. And they're there just like, cool. And just like, oh, you're not shooting me with a bow and arrow with, uh, with, with fucking, you're not sicking dogs on me? Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> I am going to wrap this yeah, show up. Good. Uh, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts because it makes a difference for the show. Join in, have fun, love us all, and we may take a break. We're going to figure it out. All right. 